Uh, so today, night is going to be various topical passage. Anyone need a Bible? Anyone else need a Bible? Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we're looking at the topic of sin, and I, I, I want to actually kind of look at this, uh, maybe a better outline, but t- tonight I thought it's better to teach than not to teach, obviously, right? Uh, so, to begin with our series, we look first at the topic of, of sin by looking at uh, really the old t- uh, Genesis, the fall, right? The beginning, the world was perfect, then who sinned? Adam and Eve, and we saw the consequences of that. Then we look for three weeks, Old Testament words and New Testament word for sin. Okay, so today what I want to look at is the theme that sometimes God begins judging sin now. Okay, sometimes the way God begins, so we only think, sometimes we could only think, oh, God will judge in hell and lake of fire. But even before now, sometimes God also allow even discipline to take place. Now, I want to look at today is one of the way God disciplines sin is we become the thing we falsely worship. So we become the thing that we falsely worship. Because I, I don't know if you because I want to go over this because sometimes when, in our Christian life uh, or even our life, sometimes, um, yes, think of this like sometimes we do something wrong for the very first time and we feel really, really what? Guilty. We're like, oh man, this is the first time I do it. I'll never do it again. Then, you know, like God doesn't discipline you or you're not punished or no one else noticed. And then some one time we think, oh, maybe, oh, maybe it's okay. Then we commit that sin a second time, right? Mm-hmm. Then the second time, we're like, oh, I feel really, really bad. But then our fear of it is a little less than the first time. Then we do it a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time. By the tenth time, we feel like, oh, maybe it's not that big of a deal of the sin anyways, okay? Mm-hmm. But sometimes God also allows us because He's merciful, He's compassionate. But sometimes also when we're not careful, we think, oh, you know what? Maybe we could do this. And then not realizing that sometimes the mean that God punishes us is also to allow that so we become the very thing that we falsely worship, okay? So according to the Bible, before we go any further, according to the Bible, we should only worship one person. Who's that? God. Jesus Christ. Yeah, God or Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God, therefore we do that, okay? Anything else we worship? By the way, anything we worship is what? Worship is you give honor to it as if it's God, okay? Yes. Now, anything we put above God is becomes our idol, okay? Yes. Idol by definition, okay? It doesn't have to be like a, a statue of Buddha, right? Or, or something like that. It's anything we put above God, okay? For yes. some people, it could be what? Money, okay? Yes. For some people, it could be what else? Um, you know, uh, cars. Cars, <laughs> what were you going to say, sir? Job. Job, okay? Or status, right? Uh, all kinds of things we could put above God, okay? Or looks, or appearances, or, or relationship, okay? Some people um, want more, not just a person, but even the idea of relationship, or the idea of sex, okay? Uh, it, it's made by God, but at the same time, if it's above God, if you want that or else, right? Then it becomes greater than God, and that becomes, sometimes God does discipline sin, or punish sin, by letting the person that's an idolater become the very thing, that we worship. And that's not a good thing. That person thinks, oh, oh, whoa, God allows me to do this. Whoa, God's no longer saying no. Then we think it might be a good thing, but Scripture says sometimes that's a way of God, what? Punishing and even disciplining, okay? So I want to go over this because sometimes people think, oh, then we think, oh, God doesn't punish anymore. Maybe God allows us. Maybe God approves it, but actually, it's actually, He's actually putting even more judgment, but we don't see it right away, okay? Uh, so to begin with today, we're going to have four points. Again, I think, uh, to me, I think maybe two, three weeks, I'll modify this just to make it better. Okay? Uh, our first point is this. Um, our first question is, is Jesus being me? Okay? Then uh, we're going to ask the second question is, what does ears that can't hear and eyes that can't see mean? Okay? And then the third part, we'll look at other passages and fourth is application. Okay? So again, remember, we're looking at this topic of just seeing that so that we don't think, okay, just because we get away with sin, that sin is okay. Sometimes God's 
harsh punishment is he allows us to become that very thing we idolize so much mm. and see it doesn't satisfy, but also as well is actually a form of punishment. So there'll be more punishment from God, okay? Now this is a scary part. You don't really see churches teachers today, but we have to teach it from the Bible because this is a theme not only in Genesis, uh, not only Old Testament, but it's also new. So part of being following the Bible is we have to be honest with what God what says, right? We have to be honest, okay? And part of it is today we have a lot of churches that are cool, that teach us all these things to be cool and hip. So we never tell anyone there's anything wrong. But also, we do that as a church. That's not also being faithful, right? Like I said earlier, part of being a church is we're like a warning sign, okay? If there's a sign that's warning, um, it doesn't warn us at all, but says, oh, drive whatever you want, whatever speed, we would say that's not being faithful, the person putting those signs up, okay? So we need to be faithful with that, okay? So in light of this, let's begin first, open up to Matthew chapter 13, okay? Matthew chapter 13, okay? Uh, we're going to be looking today at many, many what? Verses, okay? Many, many verses, okay? And really today, the theme is that well, sometimes God punishes sin by be letting people become the very thing they worship. But I want to look at Matthew 13 because this, when you read it uh, alone, I don't know if you guys have had this because I remember as a young Christian reading this, I was very confused. Like, what is going on? Is Jesus being unnecessarily mean? Okay. So in Matthew chapter 13, if you guys have title heading, in the first nine verses, what does it say? For what, is it, what is Jesus telling in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9? The parable of the sower, okay? Some of your version uh, Bible has in the, on top the explanation there, okay? Now, in the parable of the sower, do you guys remember what Jesus told the story? Jesus told a story about a farmer who's throwing out what? Seeds. seeds. He's planting seeds, okay? And the seeds land on different what? Kinds of soil, soil okay? And Jesus' story, when he tells that story, is he just telling a story or he's telling a story with a moral point? There's a lesson, okay? Right. So the lesson is what? Our heart. How do we receive the word of what? God, okay? Some of us hear God's word. We could be, listen, we could be all in the same room hear God's word. Some people are worried about other things in life. So then they hear God's word and then it's like, oh, it doesn't apply to their life. Okay? They're worried about the daily world, okay? Um, that's a soil that's what? That's rocky. That has, you know, it chokes out the thorns, okay? Some people receive it and some people, like, don't even care at all, okay? But then later on, you look at verses 10, okay? Uh, if you're in verses 10, Josh, could you read verse 10? And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Yeah, okay. So the disciples asked Jesus a question. Like, hey, why are you, what, speaking in parables? Okay? That is why you're telling these stories with these stories rather than being direct, okay? So what's the question Jesus asked? So, by the way, Jesus is not teaching more than one parable. He's not telling stories to be cute. So the disciples ask, why, wait, why do you keep suddenly switch before you were so direct, right? If you read Matthew 5 to 7, he's very direct. Like, you have heard this, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery, all of this. Now all of a sudden, Jesus starts telling a lot of stories. So the disciples are asking, why? And the explanation of that is found in what? Verses 11 to 13, okay? If I could have uh, Jen read verse 11, Leo read verse 12, and Paul, would you be able to read verse 13, okay? Verse 11, and he answered them to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Mm -hmm. And to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, so there's two groups of people in this world, those that believe and don't, okay? In verses, uh, the beginning part of the explanation, he says, hey, for believers, what's the reason why he tells a parable? It is really to help them understand what? 
more, okay? Just like the a parable, sometimes uh, illustration, right? Even when you hear preaching, right? Sometimes illustration helps us better to what, understand God's what, word. Does right. that make sense? Okay? You guys could think of maybe some sermon illustrations you've heard before that you enjoy, okay? So for believers, it's to help us understand even more. Right. But then it also says, okay, what about those that don't believe in Him? He says this in verses 13, the second half. He says, I speak to them, that is those that reject Him, in parables, because while they see, and while they hear, they do not, what? Hear, okay? Right. So there's this theme, he says this, hey, they see, but J Jesus taught the preach, but they will not, what? See, okay? They hear it, physically, they hear sound going into their ear, but then they do not hear, like the deep hearing, to be able yeah. to, what? Understand, okay? Right. Now, have you, reading this, you might, have you guys ever read this and think, whoa, is Jesus being mean? Why would he not want people to understand? Why would he not want people to hear? Yeah, anyone ever thought of that before? Question? Anyone? Okay. Uh, I have. Okay. But I think when you look further, how that word is used, I think it gives a little bit more. First thing first is I don't think Jesus is being mean. He's not preaching just so that people could go to hell. Okay. And it's just so that they don't understand. Because uh, when it says seeing, he's not, Jesus is not saying, okay, only those, I only want certain people to see. I think in a bigger context is he, was he already showing Evidence and signs and miracles that he is God, uh, the power of God and he's the Messiah. Did he? Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Matthew 13. The reason why he started speaking in parables is because they have rejected him. Because if you look at Matthew 12, okay, let's just look at the previous chapter. Jesus has been showing them signs, okay? Jesus has been explaining things for them to easily understand, okay? But we're going to see what's the response. Did they respond? To it when he made it for them to be able to see and be able to understand. We're going to see what happened, okay? Look with me in Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 to 14, okay? If you look at Matthew chapter 12, this is the previous chapter. This is what's going on before Jesus started telling the story. Okay, in verses 9, uh, he went to his synagogue, okay? So that means we're the Jewish area of worship, okay? Then verses 10, Mr. Byrne, would you be able to read verse 10? Uh, Matthew 12. Yes, uh-huh. And departing from there, he went into the... Synagogue. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. And behold, there was a man with a withered hand, and they questioned him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath in order that they might accuse him? Okay. Do you see what they're doing? They want to trap Jesus because they say on Saturday is a holy day. You shouldn't do anything. Okay. You should just rest. So they brought a man with what kind of hand? Withered hand. Okay. Which means what? His hand is what? He's a disabled. Okay. So then they asked him, Hey, is it? Better to heal or not. And they know Jesus. Has he done miracles before? Yeah. yeah, so they're trapping him, right? Think about how sad that is. Normally when we see a miracle, we should be like, Whoa, God is working. But these guys were not doing that. They, want, they were jealous of him. They don't want him to be powerful. They want to have more people listen to him than, than to him. So then they bring this man. Think about how sad this is. They're bringing a man with real disability. So that Jesus would help him, but not really so that God would get the glory, so that they would say, see, you broke God's law. You healed on a Saturday, and you shouldn't do anything on Saturday. You should rest. Okay? Then what happened in verses 11? Jesus basically called them out and said, hey, you know, hey, if you have an animal that's stuck, right? If you have a sheep that's stuck and falls in the pit, would you rescue it? Would you answer, well, would they? Of course. So Jesus is saying, hey, you know, how much more valuable is this man, right? He's pointing out a point like, if, if a sheep falls over, if you have something you own on a Saturday and it tries to run away, would you try to stop it? Yeah, it's your property. Then he says, how much more? Do you see what he's doing? He's making an argument from the lesser to the, what? Greater. Greater. If the sheep is important in your life, how much more so if it's a, what? Human being. Mm. And by the way, did he heal that man? Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. Verses 13 says, stretch out his hand. And when he did, what happened? He became normal. 
But what's the Jewish religious leader's response? Did they say, oh, praise God, maybe we should change our view? Mm. No, in verses 13, what did they want to do? Verses 14, I mean. They wanted what? Yeah, want to figure out how to kill him, basically, okay? The Greek word for destroy is the same word for kill, okay? They want to basically what? Kill him for doing what is right, okay? Now, normal, the right response would have been like, whoa, praise God, right? You guys all agree? Praise God that this man could heal, okay? Then let's, so this guy, they saw what is obvious, but then they what? Their heart became what? Even more against Jesus, okay? Look with me also as well in verses 22 to 24. Uh, Rebecca, could you read Matthew chapter 12, verses 22? And then Abigail, could you read Matthew chapter 20, uh, 12, verses 23? You can read right here. I'm with okay. Read Rebecca first, okay? Then one was brought to him who was demon blind and mute. And he healed him so that the blind and the mute had both spoke and saw. Hmm. Verse 23, Abigail? Could you read verse 23? And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could you be the son of David? Okay, and in verse 24, uh, but when the Pharisee heard this, they said, The man cast out demons only. By Bezabel, the ruler of the demons, okay? So you see what's going on? Verses 22, there's a man had three bad things going on in his life. Verses 22, what are the three bad things? Number one is what? He was what? That is the demon control him, right? He's controlled by something else. That's pretty sad, right? Then what other second problem did that man have? He was blind. That is, he can't see. And mute is what? He cannot talk, okay? Pretty bad situation, right? Did Jesus heal this man? Yes. Yeah. So the multitude, the crowd responded rightly by asking, wait a minute, if he could do all these things, could he be the son of David and since he's the what? Messiah, the savior of the world. That's the right response. But then the leaders, what's the response in verse 24? They're saying, hey, the reason why I can't cast out demons is because what? What do they say is their explanation? It's basically saying, hey, he has a demon. He has a king of the demons, Beelzebub, okay? So is that the right way to interpret it? No, okay. So they were so hardened. By the way, there's an irony. There's a beautiful irony because here Jesus can make people that cannot see, see, right? People that could, because, you know, uh, people that cannot talk, talk, right? People could not hear. He could make them hear. But then the religious leader, could they hear okay? Like physically? Physically they could hear. Physically they could see. But then they would refuse to do that, okay? So let's go back with me real quick. So when Jesus is judging them by saying, hey, well, I'm not going to show them anymore. He's not just, oh, just being mean. And he just want to damn them to go to hell and predestine them to go to hell. He's doing this out of act of what? Judgment. After seeing all these things, he still refused. And he finally says, you know what? I'm going to make it no longer easy for them to see, okay? Let's turn back with me to Matthew chapter 12, uh, Matthew 13, verses 13. Okay? I want to look at verses 13. Uh, Actually, verses 14, okay? So after he says, hey, I do this because they don't morally able to see. Verses 14, what does he say? Um, if I could have Josh read verses 14. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. And in verse 15 too? For the heart of these people has become dull with their ears, 
they scarcely hear and they have closed their eyes. <coughs> okay. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with the ears, and understand with their heart and yeah. return, and I would heal them. Okay, so here it's quoting from Isaiah. So he's giving another reason why he's doing his parable. Is he quotes from Isaiah, and if you actually turn, this is actually from Isaiah chapter six, verses nine to ten. Okay, oh. Isaiah chapter six, verses nine to ten. Um, so the second explanation, if you look at the context of Isaiah chapter six, he's also saying, "Hey, they already have an idol in their life. No matter what, they always want to serve their own gods rather than the true God." Is the other reason why? Okay, so I want to make it clear here: Is Jesus just being mean to be mean? Is no. he just saying, "Oh, you know what? I just want to damn this guy just out for no reason, just because it's fun." Is that what he's doing? No. No, okay. But it was rather because their heart, they rejected God continuously is why they, what? He's going to make it, what? Not being able to understand. Does that make sense? I want to make it very clear that it's out of the sense of punishing them already for their sin, okay? So I don't want it to be, because sometimes people think like, oh, you know what, Jimmy? You believe in God's sovereignty? You think maybe God just send people to hell just to send them, just for the fun of it, okay? Not because of anything bad they've done. That's not what the Bible says, okay? Right. It's also because of that, okay? So the way he predestined for people's salvation is a little different than also why people go to hell, okay? Punish. is because they themselves keep on rejecting Him. Does that make sense? I want to make it very clear. There's not the same mechanism that's going on, okay? Uh, making it very clear, okay? So in Isaiah chapter 6, if you guys are there, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, does that wording look very familiar? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, okay. But then the explanation of this is a little bit further explained in verses, uh, if you look here, um, in verses 11 to 12, okay? Let me turn to Isaiah first. And I think what you see here is this other explanation, further explanation, is because of idolatry. That is, they rejected God and have something else, okay? Verses 11 and 12, could I have um, Jin verses 11 and Nancy, going back to Nancy, sorry, earlier, verses 12. It is 6, right? Yeah. <clears throat> 11. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the laid is a desolate. Yeah, so more verse 12, it says forsaken place. You guys know what that means? It's places where they commit idolatry. Okay, they worship other gods, right? All that thing. Also in Israel, there's also a lot of time, there's also sexual sins going on also as well, okay? And then in verses 13, just to make it clear, he's actually referring to the tree stump that they usually make for idols, Okay. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it, and it will be subject to burning, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remain where it's fell. The holy seed is its stump. And what it's trying to say here is this. Why is God making people unable to see? It's also an uh, idol. Is it a real God? No. no. Though it carves eye, could it really see? No. No? Though it has ears, could it really hear? No. no. And it's saying that sometimes God gives people up, to become the very idol that they claim to be, okay? So, in our second part, okay, I want to look at uh, this theme. Does the rest of the Bible teaches this idea? And I think that's a constant theme throughout the whole Bible, that God often, when it says, make you eyes don't hear and all that stuff, it's not because God is just mean, but it's also, first and foremost, what sin do you first have? The sin of what? Idolatry. That you want to have something more than God. Okay. By the way, all of us have idols. The fact that we're saved today is God saving us from that. Okay. So when I teach on this, do, please don't ever think, oh, therefore, hey, we're better than what everyone else out there. Okay. Right. Actually, it should make us very humble to say, whoa, God save us from this. Okay? So please do not go home today and say, you know what? The reason why I can see is because ha, 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 
I'm so much smarter, right? You know, I'm so much better. No, it's because of merely yeah, God's yeah. grace, right? <laughs> yeah, with that, okay? Yeah, normally don't laugh that way, okay? <laughs> so let's turn uh, with me also as well. If you guys could turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 28, okay? This, so this goes way back, okay? Uh, do, if you guys are with me in Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 28. When we turn there, uh, uh, Paul, would you be able to read Deuteronomy 4, 28? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, no problem. Okay. Deuteronomy is, uh, so the, in the beginning of the Bible, is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. No, so the fifth book of the Bible, Numbers and Deuteronomy. Okay. Uh, I know we often don't turn there as much. Uh, I'm already at Deuteronomy. Okay. Uh, you will read later. But we'll have Paul read later. Yeah, Deuteronomy. Uh, four. If, if if you need me to help find the page, that's okay. Which which chapter? Which chapter, uh, chapter four, uh, four right verse twenty-eight. I remember the first time I ever read the Bible. I didn't even know all those numbers. I remember keep on looking. Why is there all these small numbers? But there's no what footnotes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're you know twenty-eight. There you will serve God, the work of man's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smile. Nor okay, smile. okay, good. Do you see the same theme, the same echoing? Okay. Uh, Phil, could you open the door next time? Okay. Thank you, Mr. Brent. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, next time, uh, Phil, if you could open the door. Okay, so in Deuteronomy, uh, do you guys see the same thing? The idea of the same wording? Of not seeing, not what? Hearing, right? But this is referring to what? Idols, okay? Then, later on, if you guys turn with me to Deuteronomy 29. Josh, if you guys could turn to, uh, to Deuteronomy 29, verse 4, okay? So, first and foremost, this is saying in Deuteronomy 4, 28, the people, when they left Egypt, they should worship the true God. After all, the God made them all these ten plagues, right? Killed all the firstborn in Egypt, made the Red Sea, apart the Red Sea for them miraculously go over. You'd think they would follow the real God, but then they still pick what? Idols that really can't hear and see. So then God says in Deuteronomy 29 verse 4, this is their punishment after continuously not following after the real God and following after idols that can't hear and can't see. Deuteronomy 29 verse 4. Josh, could you read that? Yet to this day the Lord has not given you a heart to know, nor eyes to see, nor ears to hear. Okay, so do you see this? The relationship is not God is just doing it out of nowhere. It's saying, hey, if you keep on not wanting the true God of the Bible, I'm going to give you up to become... Just the very same thing. Mm. Go ahead. That's true. It, uh, geographically, he, he made this covenant in the land of Moab. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's so much going on in Deuteronomy. I almost feel like... But, but if I ever do Deuteronomy, I don't think I'll ever finish at the rate I go, you know, one or two verses at a time. Okay. But maybe one of these days, it'll be good. Okay. Andrew says I need to change the way I study to, to prepare so we, we teach more. All right. Okay. So let's go back on. Oh, go ahead. Josh, question? Does this go back to Egypt, like, uh, before, like, oh, like, they got enslaved? Or is this after? This is after. Then, this is after, after, yeah. This is after they, God has freed them. This is now going to second generation. And uh, this is the end of, uh, this is towards the end of uh, Moses' life. He's really, really old now, right? And then he's saying, hey, looking back, you guys have keep on doing this. And if you keep on doing this, God's going to make it you don't understand. What's going mm -hmm. on, okay? So I want to make this very clear because I don't want it to be the idea, okay? Uh, I don't want it to be 
Uh, and sometimes I have to correct to certain individuals that say, oh, I believe in double predestination. Yeah, I do. But at the same time, it's not because he just do it sheerly because he just wants to just, you know, be... He's not a morbid, sadistic what, uh, God that he just wants to do. And when he does it, it's also because, hey, they keep on going, pursuing, and following a God that cannot hear and cannot see. And he says, okay, if you want, want to, then I'm going to let you be what you want to be the most. By the way, we kind of have a sense, whatever we idolize, we become like, true or not. Right? Sure. If there's a music person we idolize, what do we do? We start dressing like them, right? Uh, all that kind of thing, okay? Um, and, I mean, that's true in life. Whoever we look up to, we end up acting like, true or not, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I remember even in, when I was a young kid, going to Marine Military Academy, all these people speak Southern English, right? And they all say, y'all. And after a while, I was like, hey, how can I say y'all? I said, oh, I can't go back to LA with that accent, okay? We become like what we are around. Okay, yeah. so how much more so whatever we idolize? This is why when you love Jesus Christ, we really love Him. When you read the Bible, you become more like who? Yeah, no, you become no, no, no. godly also as well. So whether for good or for bad, we become like that. Okay, turn with me also as well. We're gonna look at another one. Uh, okay, turn with me now to Psalm one fifteen verses. What I'm trying to show is this is a theme throughout Scripture. Okay, that God, whether for good or for bad, if you decide to sin, if you whatever, you become like that. Sometimes not always all what. Good also as well, okay? Psalm 115, verses 8. Psalm 115, verses 8. Caleb, since you just got here, would you be able to read Psalm 115, verses 8? Psalm 115, verses 8. Those who make them will become like them. Everyone who trusts in them. Yeah, so saying like, hey, if you want to make idols in your life, whatever it is, right, mm. you become like them, okay? You become, you see, so this is, if you, if everything tonight's message is only found in one verse, <coughs> summarize is Psalm 115 verse 8, okay? Uh, with that, okay? Then turn with me also as well to Psalm 135. Psalm 135. We're going to see this expanded a little bit more. What does it mean about making idols? Psalm 115, the context is people make an idol, right? You carve it out of wood and then you go, uh, with your own hand you made it, and with your own hand, then you bow down to it, right? right. So, um, 135 verses 15 and 18. Uh, when we get there, uh, go ahead. Thank you. What's, it, what, what's it 18? Uh, 15 to 18. 15 Sorry. to 18. Thank you. Yeah. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. Yeah. I think there's some truth of this, okay? Now, let me say this real quick. What I'm going to say, I know it's kind of sensitive. You know, uh, I hope you guys know I love my mom a lot. I pray for my mom to become a Christian. Um, but she came, you know, growing up in a Buddhist background before. You know, idols was a big thing, you know, growing up. Um, but I also saw that as she go to that more, and she felt there was no answer also as well. Um, in light of that, she eventually, hey, don't want to talk anything spiritual, even in her own spirituality. Mm. Don't want to see anything with that. Don't even want to talk about it. Don't even want to hear it. Okay? Mm. So when you see this verse, it says, those, verse 18, who make them will be like them. Mm. Yes, everyone trusts in them. That's, I think, part of that, right? Mm. It's wondering, okay? So do you guys see how there's this theme? Also as well, we become like almost spiritually dull, spiritually dead also as well uh, with this thing, okay? This is not just only in, uh, so do you guys see how there's different parts of scripture, the poetic part in the Psalms talks about it, in the Old Testament narratives, we read the stories, the part in Deuteronomy, right? 
Um, also as well, turn with me now. I want to look at more uh, of even the Old Testament prophets. If you guys could turn with me to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, verses 18 to 20, okay? Any volunteer want to read that big chunk of scripture? Isaiah 42, verses 18 and 20. Josh, you have a smile, waving hand. You're so excited because you know that as soon as we're done, we're going to go in and out. But okay, verse 18 and 20. <laughs> Hear you deaf and look you blind, that, that you may see who is blind but my servant, or so deaf as my messenger whom I send, who is blind, so blind as he that that peace with me are so blind as the servant of the Lord. You have seen many things, but you do not observe them. Your ears are open, but none hears. Yeah, so same thing, right? Just like Isaiah 6, okay? So this constant thing, okay? So I hope it be that we don't become um, thinking like, oh, you know what? Sometimes when, oh, it seems like God no longer, you know, God maybe allows no longer any Christian to bother me, to talk to me about God. Ha ha, see, I'm okay. Sometimes I want to be as a warning. It's like, that's also God saying, okay, if you really don't want me, well, I'm going to give you a taste. You think it's okay? But man, the full run is going to be after we die. But sometimes that's to realize, okay? Uh, it's also as well as God also says, sometimes when someone, if God brings someone to warn you, to correct you, that's also sometimes God's grace. Now, in our flesh, we don't feel that way, okay? But also sometimes we think, oh, it's okay. Um, actually, it should be even more frightening. We say, oh, why? How come there's no more, right? Maybe God is also in a way disciplining me, okay, uh, with that, to show you what is it fully like, okay? Uh, look with me also as well. Um, this is the part, um, since we are going to go eat in and out soon, uh, I'm already hungry all day, right? You said that three times. I know, three times, okay? He who has an ear, let him hear. <laughs> okay, that's a joke, okay? Turn with me to Exodus 32. Do you remember when, uh, after they fled uh, Egypt, what was that, what was the, uh, I mean, this is kind of poetically, uh, what was the idol they made out of? Remember calf. they left oh, Moses was up there? Calf, okay. Uh, snake also, okay, and then calf. Okay, specifically we're gonna look at, okay? Look with me in Exodus 32, okay? If you guys have title heading, we see the problem is what? Golden calf. Remember? Uh, Moses was up in the mountain for a while, their leader's gone, and then they feel like oh, what 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 if what if he doesn't come back? Okay, then they decide in verses one, the people saw Moses delayed coming down, they say, Hey, let's make a God who come before us, okay? Then verses 2. Uh, Aaron, here's a leader you should not be like, okay? Mm. Aaron goes by what the people say. Right. And then the people says, hey, give us a calf. He says, well, okay, give me all your gold from the ears, uh, you know, from the earring, from what? Your wives and rings and bring them all together. So they did that in verses 3. And what did they do with their own hands? They say, made a calf. And it was called a molten what? Calf, okay? Mm. And then he presented them, and this is your God. Question, is this really their God? No. Okay. This is not their God. Okay. But as they resolve their sin, God says, uh, and look with me in verses 9. Okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, I've seen these people, and before they are obstinate people. Does any of your versions say obstinate instead of obstinate? has a footnote say stiff neck. Yes. Okay. Now, cows. Among the many descriptions you describe cows... <coughs> They would also be what? Stiff neck. Are they easy to control? No, right? Sometimes it's like, ah, if you, could you stir uh, them by your own hands, grabbing them? No, you need some device, everything else, okay? So the term, yes, sometimes hear people say, the Bible says in the New Testament, hey, they're stiff neck people. Where did that come from? 
was Exodus 32. Saying, God's saying, hey, you want to be an idol? You, want, you really want to have that as worship? Then I'm going to make you a poetic justice. Just like that. You'll be just like a cow. Be a stiff-necked what? Kind of people. Okay? Look with me also as well in Exodus 32 verse 25. Exodus 32 verse 25. Could I have a volunteer, motivated, happy reader? Verses 25. Now when Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control to be a derision among them, their enemies. Okay, so literally in the Hebrew here, when it says out of control, what the NASB says, does any version say loosen or loose or footnote? Literally, that's what it is. Like as if you're controlling a cow and then you decide to let go of what? Every restraint. Good thing or bad thing all the time? It could be what? Bad, okay? Going astray, okay? So just like anything straight, look at also in verses 26. And Moses stood in the camp and said, Whoever is the Lord, come to me. And the son of Levi gathered together. That word gather is the same imagery to describe what? <clears throat> Cows or mm. loose animal. Okay? Wow. So Moses had a thing. He was like, okay. In the end, he challenged him and said, Hey, are you going to follow God? Okay, if you follow God, come to me now. And then it uses the language of what? Agricultural language of mm. cows. Mm. Do you see how God is what? Saying, okay, if you really want to worship idol, there's also using the language of what? Mm. I'm going to make you just like the idol. We saw all those verses earlier. And also, even when they turn back, it's also describing like an animal where the sons of Levi were gathering them, what, back together, okay? Then in verses 27, the Lord, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, every man you put the sword to his uh, die and go back and forth in the gate and kill every man his brother, right? I know this is kind of harsh. There's a punishment for their sin, okay? Now remember, the, uh, at the same time, think about how great of a miracle it is. God has just freed them from where? Egypt, okay? has pulled them out of Egypt miraculously, right? Mm. To pull them out from a country stronger than them. That country of soldiers, all those miracles, right? All the, um, you know, mm. sky turning dark and raining hail mm. and killing all the firstborn and, and, and all the miracle parting the Red Sea and all of that, they just threw away to say what? I don't want God. Mm. And God says, okay, if you really want some other God, okay, then you become just like that, okay? We do become like our idols, okay? We do become like our idols. And the question is, you guys realize God has made our heart ours to worship something. It's either true God of the Bible or what? Or something else. Mm. Okay? So this is where I think uh, lesson I, again I know this is not the the most, you know, things people usually a lot of churches don't teach over. Mm. Uh, but at the same time I also think it's kinda neat that the Bible teaches mm. it very clearly also mm. as well. So in terms of us, I think that's something to realize, okay? Sometimes when you see the world, God allowed them to give him it, I also think it's not Getting the idols also to let them know, hey, this is not all you thought it was to what, to be. Okay, uh, I remember when I used to work as security in Hollywood. I know Jin could probably test in, in his line of work, right? Um, I remember one time uh, guarding the Disney executive. Uh, uh, I can say his name. I think you know recording. Dick Cook. Oh, I should say okay. So I remember. Uh, I'll delete that right. Um, but I remember he was a CEO, right? Everyone's like, wow, he's a CEO. But I remember oh, going with him for one whole day with all our security company. I realized, wow, the life of a CEO is actually pretty hard, okay? You could substitute whoever it is, Jack Ma, whatever else it is, right? You know, they set up everything nice for him. It was a movie premiere. They set apart everything really nice. They put all the sodas for him. Any sodas he could drink, any popcorn, it's all filled, right? And, and, and there's always someone ready. But how long could he stay in the movie theater? Do you think he was able to watch a movie the whole time? No. no. What was going on with Blackberry? 
It was ringing. Yeah, it and he kept on going to the area where they're smoking, you know, like the alley, to always deal with what? All these things. I'm looking at him, I was thinking, and my boss was looking at him, my manager's like, wow, this is not a easy life, right? Oh, yeah. All day, all night, he's answering what? Emails. Right. Okay, because even as he's doing this, he's thinking about clients in what? Uh, Disney stuff, operations in Asia. Disney operations in Europe, which is a different time zone. So as much as he's getting paid everything luxury, really nice, escalate everything else, right? We're, we're uh, you know, uh, they're following the vehicle we're in to go because we're the local ones to show him everything else. In light of all this, guess what? Hey, and you know, it's like everything is not always easy, okay? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we idolize that. Now, I'm not saying don't be successful, but I'm also saying, hey, if you idolize that, if you don't have a biblical view, you discover, oh, it's not always the way it is. But if you're a Christian, you say, okay, I do everything for God's glory first. Whether it's successful or not, it's up to Him. I'm just going to be faithful. That's a different attitude, okay? I bring this to say is sometimes we find it and it's not what it's all practically. That's also true in many things, okay? Even the military world, okay? One of the stories I read was a guy that became a Navy SEAL. All his goal was to become a Navy SEAL. He wrote a book called Seal God. But once he finally made it, he got so super what? Depressed. Because it was not what he thought it was, right? Same thing, whatever else in life, same thing, whatever he said is idle. So sometimes God allow that and then boom, show that it is not us. And what we need the most is who? Is God.